Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show on the Compete Network, powered by Clue, the podcast for compete pros and product marketers looking to give their companies a competitive advantage. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and today I was joined by, I think the most frequent guest now on the podcast, he is the face of Compete at Clue, none other than Brandon Bedford. Brandon and I chat all things AI today. And not only does Brandon share some of the ways that he's using AI to be more efficient, ways he's using it in his role in Compete at Clue, but he also shares his takes on what is happening in the marketplace due to AI, especially when categories that never collided, never interfered, are suddenly on collision courses with each other because of the new use cases, the new capabilities that companies are coming out with because of AI. We're seeing it play out with this sales loft outreach gong and clary showdown and brendan shares a little bit about that but it's happening more and more across different categories the barriers to entry are lowering ankle biters can send up quicker and legacy competitors are looking at what other markets they can dive into while we're here as well gotta do a big plug it is compete week clues annual event the biggest event of the year for all things compete happening november 8th and 9th and brandon will be there of course he will he will be sharing all things ai at compete week make sure you check out the lineup we've got awesome compete pros cmos cro's everyone is focused on how they can beat the competition this year and do it efficiently and we've got folks across the board sharing some of the best practices strategies plays everything they're doing so check out Brandon and also check out the full lineup for Compete Week, which is now open for registration in the show notes below. And with that all said, let's get into my conversation with Brandon. All right, today I'm joined by a recurring guest, maybe the most frequent guest on the show. We'll have, to, we'll have to stat check that in the background, Ben. It's none other than Brandon Bedford, the competitive enablement manager at Clue, friend of the show, friend in general, and one of my favorite people to talk to. Brandon, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. Uh, today, we're chatting all things AI. Brandon has a lot of takes on this both how AI is impacting how companies are competing with one another and also how he's using AI as a compete professional himself and how he's seeing others use it. So we're going to tackle both of those things today. Like we always like to do with the podcast, we open with three, usually three quick tips, three quick questions, but I think they're going to go a little bit deeper today. So first one, how has AI already had an impact on compete and competition? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think the kind of meta answer here is that AI is moving super, super fast. And so like what we kind of discussed on the pod, maybe in previous episodes, like there's enough time for people to kind of like take a step back and realize what's happening, analyze it, make sense of it. But with AI, like there's literally new things coming out every single week. There's a new plugin for ChatGPT. There's a new, you know, I was just looking into a thing called Code Interpreter. I think it's been out for a little while. Uh, but then just this week, there's like a new version of the code interpreter. And so there's all these new applications coming out and not only coming from like the big players like OpenAI, 
uh, partnered with Microsoft, you have Google doing Bard, others uh, as well. Um, there's a ton of startups that are just kind of taking a swing into this AI space. And so I think it's a really cool moment for um, not just those AI companies, but any software company that can benefit from AI. And I'm sure we're going to get a little bit more into that. So um, sorry to go back to your, your question, like what have we already seen in the space? Oh, gosh, I think the way I kind of think back, so I'm looking back to now November 2022, that I think was when Chat GPT was officially announced. I know LLMs and all that stuff has been around for a while, but that was kind of the official announce, announcement date. I think the first thing we saw that came out of that was, okay, let's just go to ChatGPT and start asking questions. And I think a lot of people are still doing that today. And I think there's still some value in that, uh, but it's a pretty surface level application, right? Like, uh, tell me about competitor X, tell me about competitor Y. Um, then I think the next wave we start to see in kind of Q1, Q2 of 2023 was summarization. I think a really powerful application of these LLMs like ChatGPT is the ability to take, you know, large data, but basically I want to say text, but also other types of data and summarize that into something really, you know, short and impactful. Uh, at Clue, we released our AI alerts summarization. So any article that comes into Clue can be summarized instantly by using these LLMs. So we start to see that kind of roll out into the space, which I think was like the first logical step when it mm -hmm. comes to applying this technology. And I think we're now in this next phase where people like the obvious low hanging fruit have been tackled. Yep. Now, I think we're starting to see some more unique and creative endeavors when it comes to applying AI in our space. Um, and I know we have a lot of exciting things in the works. I don't want to talk about all of them, but you know, maybe I'll share one example that we have been talking about um, for the past two quarters in our um, product webinar to our customers is online reviews. So competitors have tons of online reviews online, oftentimes hundreds, if not thousands of reviews on sites like TrustRadius or G2 or Captera. But as a competitive enablement practitioner, I don't have time to go through and read every single one. And so leveraging a technology like these LLMs and AI, this technology can read through all of them for me, essentially, categorize them, tag them, find the different themes within them, and present that to me in a summary or a set of summaries. And I think that's where we're, this is where we're starting to get into that realm of like really cool applications around how AI can help people like myself understand our competitors and, and ultimately differentiate and beat them. Um, so yeah, I guess an analogy to use here is I think we're, I think, you know, everyone says over in the early innings and I think yes, over like the broad <laughs> humanity timescale we are, but I think we are like starting to go into the second inning at least. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we've we've captured some of that like immediate immediately obvious value and now we're starting to get to some cool more advanced uh, applications. So you kind of shared there one of the applications that like works or helps folks in your role. Are there any other applications you're seeing, just broadly speaking, with that you like uh AI releases from companies that are um, that are starting to go beyond sort of just like the summarization. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great, great question. I'll just share some of the recent examples I've seen. I think, I mean, there's there's tons, but the ones that really resonated with me, um, I think one is around. We're seeing a lot, especially in marketing, 
around different types of content. So um, I think one thing that people are finding is not only is AI good at taking lots of data and summarizing it down, but it's also really good at synthesizer creating data. It might not pass as like a, a publishable blog post, but it's great at, at pumping out first drafts. And for anyone that's done any creative writing, they know that like that's one of the hardest things is just sit down and start writing. And so to be able to plug in a prompt or a series of prompts into something like ChatGPT or Bard, get a first draft. And yeah, it's a little robotic. Yeah, it's maybe not in like natural language, if you will, no pun intended. Uh, it's something to work with and then you can add your own style, you can tweak it. Um, so I think that's a really cool application and that applies course to content uh, to script writing to various creative endeavors there's a lot that's going on in kind of graphic design um, and like the visual arts if you will around you know, mid-journey um, image generation video generation those kinds of things um, and then the, the other one that i'll say is I, I think there's interesting applications like within certain kind of industry. So the, the one that's sticking to my mind recently is uh, Gong. So Gong, um, I believe they're calling it Gong Engage now, which is their kind of foray into the sales engagement space, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on some more. Uh, but they have some AI functionality where you can ask questions about a particular call and get answers. And so again, I know there's a lot of different applications for Gong, of Gong, but as a compete practitioner, like it is time consuming to have to go into Gong and find specific calls where competitors were brought up or I have to ask my our, our, our sales team to flag certain calls that are interesting. Uh, Gong is leveraging AI in a really interesting way to make navigating their platform easier. And so that's one that I think is um, particularly useful. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that where it's, it's less AI for AI's sake, it's AI mm -hmm. being injected into an existing platform that just makes the tool easier to use and more valuable. That's another great use case for Compete Pros. Actually, I was using Gong Engage the other day myself, just reviewing notes back on different calls I'd had, uh, coming up with ideas for our upcoming event. Um, all it, it was the time savings was madness, madness. I didn't have to go back to my incoherent manual notes that I scribbled down. If anyone's seen my notebook, it's 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 a disaster. Um, on that Gong Engage piece, then I, I'm curious, not just like sort of the use cases and the benefits for an end user. There is an interesting thing we're seeing as well with the proliferation of AI in terms of how it's changing categories or blurring the lines of categories and how companies yeah. are competing with each other. Uh, you shared an awesome Intel Digest with the Clue team, uh, actually using kind of Gong as that use case. So could you share a little bit about that and sort of how competition at a broader scale is changing or accelerating with all of this um, AI proliferation increase? You know you know what I mean. Yeah, no, totally. That was a, that was a perfect setup. That's why they pay you the big bucks, Adam. Um, <laughs> No, I think this is a, it's a perfect example that I'll share here around Gong um, and how AI is shifting landscapes, broadly speaking. And I think it's, it's partly AI, but it's partly just the reality of the global markets right now. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on that. So first, I'll share the specific example. So for people that are following you know, sales technology or, or B2B SaaS in general, they might have heard this story where... Um, there is a 
kind of classic duel between sales loft and outreach in the sales engagement space, which is, um, I don't want to, I'll have to keep you honest here, but basically platforms that help sales professionals engage with their prospects and their buyers. So uh, communication tools and sales often outreach have been kind of fighting in that space for a long time. They've been, they've been really vying for that leadership position. And then all of a sudden, basically within the span of weeks, if not one week, we had two very interesting uh, market events happen. First was Gong. So they released Gong Engage. And through a series of LinkedIn posts, press release, and uh, I think blog posts, they basically shared how they are firmly going to enter that market. I loved one of the taglines. I think it was, um, I think it was, I want to say it was Udi that shared this. Uh, Their chief evangelism officer, I think is his official title. He shared that they have a late mover advantage, right? Mm -hmm. For anyone that, you know, went to business school or, you know, it's a pretty common concept where you hear of the first Uber advantage into a space, right? You're, you're first, you are first person tackling the problem. You have a head start, but they reposition that as their late mover advantage in that they got to kind of stand back, see what the other players were doing, you know, largely sales loft and, uh, and outreach and now are making a strategic bet on the space with a differentiated approach and their approach lo and behold, was to be very AI forward. They're enabling, you know, a lot of this functionality through AI, the data set that they have with their gong calls, et cetera. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and then what happened, I think, again, maybe one or two weeks later, Clary announced that they had acquired Groove. And Groove is another play in that space. You would say arguably third in that um, in that race, um, in sales engagement, sorry, third compared to sales off and outreach. And so Clary acquiring Groove, again, another very firm and direct way of saying, hey, we're entering this this battle as well. And so now you have, you know, what before was kind of just your, you know, typical vying for market leadership, which happens in a lot of spaces, right? You have kind of two leaders fighting for that number one spot. Now you have, that's still going on, right? Sales off and outreach, of course, are still duking it out. But now you have Gong, entering that space and now you have clary entering that space and i think a couple takeaways here is one as mentioned like ai is kind of the catalyst i mean certainly in gong's case that mm-hmm. was like a huge part of their move into the space but you could argue as well from clary's perspective like they are putting a lot of you know ai functionality out there around i think what they're calling copilot and that's enabling all these new use cases for their platform and so Anyways, to kind of distill this away from this example, I think AI is doing a couple of things. One, it's it's introducing new use cases for existing tools, right? And so whether it's Gong or Clary or Clue for that matter, AI is going to unlock a whole bunch of new use cases and scenarios and value ultimately for that software's customers. And while that value might be within, you know, their core competency, their original market, there's a good chance that that use case or that value is actually in an adjacent market. And that's going to encourage them to move into that space. And all of a sudden, they're now competing against companies that they weren't competing against before. And so, you know, if you were to ask someone, anyone that's like familiar with this space, you know, three years ago, even like one year ago, arguably, Hey, would you would you imagine Gong, Clary, 
and sales off and outreach would all be competing. They probably wouldn't have had that on their 2023 bingo card. That, yeah, I know. It's, it's nuts to kind of see that happen so quickly, like so, so quickly. Um, and also not only on this side, I think when you say like new use cases for existing tool sets, and so that kind of blurs the line of traditional categories as kind of you've got your yard over here, the neighbor has the yard over here, and it's only the fence kind of got knocked down. It's like, eh, maybe I'll just creep on over here. Maybe I'll take a little bit here. Maybe I'll let my, my dog pee on this little bit of the yard. I don't know where that came from, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Also on the other side of the, on the other side, I think as well, and even probably we've seen it and you've seen it as a, um, as the person running compete at Clue, is the ability to stand up, like ankle by just being able to stand up in probably a fraction of the time with maybe like a small subset of the use case that Clue or another platform can deliver. Like we've seen quite a few, a lot more sort of like, yeah ankle biters or little like things that could do maybe a, an nth percent of what clue does but their positioning as such are like trying to make their way into that category and it's it's been really interesting seeing that as someone loves checking out our compete channel all that that folks are sharing this in like hey have you heard about this piece like brandon you're sharing it in yourself that like there's the blurring of the lines amongst the big players and trying to kind of dominate or monopolize multiple categories but then also the bottoms up approach of a lot more quick startups, quick, easy lifts, I think. Totally. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. Like, and just to, to share, yeah, this was maybe a month or a month and a half ago, we started to notice a whole bunch of startups entering our space, you know, via competitive enablement, competitive intelligence. And a lot of them, you know, no surprise there were focused on that AI first angle, you know, applying AI to competitive intelligence, market intelligence, you know, uh, whatever it might be, the various kind of, like you said, niche use cases. Um, and overall, I think that's a great thing, right? I think that's um, actually one of the uh, more positive sides of the markets right now, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think everyone is experiencing, especially in, you know, B2B software, um, markets are tighter, it's, it's tougher to you know, sell deals, you know, CFOs are being very strict with budget all across the board. And so that's made markets more competitive. But at the same time, with this kind of new technology, this new AI platform, if you will, that's encouraging new startups to enter spaces. And I think that's kind of like the cleansing fires of markets, if you will, right? Like if you just have the same two incumbents, pardon me, uh, just duking out over, over and over, um, that actually doesn't lead to necessarily more value for the at the end user and the customer by having, mm. you know, and you see that obviously the, the, the classic example, of this is oligopolies or the extreme example is a monopoly, right? You know, as Canadians, we are, we, we have an oligopoly in the, um, the, the telecom industry, for example. Um, and you know, I have to be careful when I sit here, but you know, <laughs> that, that, that does, you, there's an argument to be made that that leads to less consumer value versus having a lot of thriving competition and, lots of startups that are disrupting things. Um, and so I guess all I'm saying all that to say, like, we welcome the competition from startups. I think, you know, obviously we, we want to, we want to win in our market, but if, if a new startup enters our space and has some new and innovating, uh, innovative approach, uh, or can solve a problem that, you know, us as a, as a bigger company aren't able to dedicate resources to 
that's great. That's great for the market. That's great for our buyers. Um, and it adds more clarity, I think, to the market. And so, yeah, I think that's a, it's another element is you're seeing all these startups kind of, uh, there's, or this is a, a new wave of startups, I should say, um, entering. I, I want you to take on uh, something else. And this is something that's come up a lot from actually talking with our CEO, Jason, the importance of data now in this kind of new AI world. And I think data, I, I, and this isn't a new phenomenon, the importance and the value of data is like the new gold. But yeah. how do you see data being the big competitive advantage or the big unlock when AI is question. breaking down fences and people are kind of trying to steal as much market share across as many categories or enter into new categories? I, I absolutely love this question, Adam, because so if we go back to your lawn analogy with neighbors, let's let's replace the lawns with ponds. And uh, shout out to Adam Webb on our, our product management team for, for this one. So um, we were having a, a deep conversation of, about this over a beer uh, around how AI could impact not just our space, but every space. I think this is really an interesting analogy where you have these pools, right? If you imagine like the the Salesforce outreach pool, and then you have the Gong pool, and, and the, the barriers between those pools have started to, to emerge, and it's becoming one bigger pool. Meanwhile, you have this like torrential stream, and that is LLMs, AI, open AI, right? And every pool is at some level of risk to just being swept into that. And um, I'm trying to think of a really like obvious example, and I'm not thinking of one, but there are a lot of software... I, Maybe, maybe it's best I don't have a specific example and I make an enemy here, but uh, there are, I think, a lot of basic applications of software that are just completely, like their value has gone to zero because mm -hmm. you can now just do that with ChatGPT. And that's an example of a pool that's just been swept into this stream. And so I think while there is this battle between the pools to, to kind of capture that, there's simultaneously this like existential threat to a lot of categories that like could AI just completely reinvent or wipe out our category you know i've drank the clue kool-aid but like i i genuinely believe this that like at a, at a at, in terms of competitive enablement like and we've been saying this for years well long before llms ever became a thing that competitive enablement at best will be will be a co-pilot situation with ai and ai you cannot you know throw your compete program on autopilot and for any companies that are out there you know putting their compete program on autopilot, you know, getting rid of their competitive en en enablement team or cutting their product marketing team in half. I would say be very careful because one of your competitors who is not doing that has a team dedicated to their competitive enablement program. Maybe he's using Clue. They're going to start winning more competitive deals. And those pools are, you know, very tight right now. And so anyways, that was my, a bit of a bit of a rant there on that. But to bring this back to AI, I think there's this like tension between like adjacent spaces, but then also like this existential threat, which is AI as a whole. And so, you know, why, why do I think that's important? This all goes back to your question, which is data. I think that this reframe has changed what a lot of companies are thinking about. One of them we just talked about, a lot of companies are looking at their neighbors, looking at adjacent markets, like how do we capture more use cases? But I think the other kind of metagame that's changed is this focus on data. Because 
Right here, let me, I know I'm, I'm kind of speaking around it a bit. Let me try to be as direct as possible. AI is making external data, like publicly available data, very cheap and much easier yep. to use. And so I can now go to ChatGPT or Bard and just ask a question and get answers based off of the public web. And so now there's this rush from companies to be like, okay, well, if we rely on public data, our business model could be at jeopardy. Those are the companies that are at risk of getting swept into the stream. What is our proprietary data? What is our premium data? What is our data that only we can provide or data that we have a unique, either a unique data set or a unique um, kind of manipulation of that data. And like, that's the conversation I think that's happening in a lot of companies. My guess right now is like, what is our proprietary data? What is our premium data that we offer? Right. And then again, I'll just, you know, share transparently for the viewers, like for Clue, that is like, of course, there's a part of competitive intelligence, which is pulling from the web. But there's a huge part of competitive intelligence, which is pulling from internal sources, pulling mm-hmm. from call recordings, pulling from win-loss interviews, win-loss surveys, from CRM. And all of those data sources get combined through Clue that provides something that's proprietary and, and, and a bit more defensible than you know, just public data. And so I think there's going to be like varying degrees of this, right? I think that, and again, I don't know what the ultimate answer is, but I do think that a lot more companies are now thinking about their business in terms of data, where perhaps they haven't been thinking about that as much in the past. It's data's the ultimate competitive moat you have right now. I think when you mentioned they can, LLMs have kind of run roughshod over maybe nice to have applications. Um, and with market conditions as they are, that's even, it's like a perfect recipe for kind of wiping out things that aren't business critical, which is just, it's unfortunate to say, but that's that's what has happened. Um, it's actually funny as well when you mention that, um, so the evolution or the first inning, second innings of, of AI, that you're kind of talking to that data piece too, is like first innings was, okay, can, all, can we use the LLM on top of our existing tech stack to summarize? And now we're getting to that segment, it's like, what is that really cool, unique use case or, um, insights we can build and it's most likely going to be in that proprietary data set so that we can keep keep our lot and not and stop competitors coming in and start to take more and more market share or squares of our yard um it's totally endlessly yeah. into go, go on i was just gonna say maybe like any like to use a real example here is, you know, at the very outset of our conversation, I mentioned ChatGPT and how one of the first things people did was start asking questions about their competitors. And I think anyone that's listening or watching this podcast, they know that there is value in that, but there was limitations to that. And I think that's like a perfect microcosm of kind of what I'm describing here is yeah. what was able to be done with ChatGPT, any business that fully relies on that and was delivering that is likely going to be going away pretty soon or is going to have a very tough time in the years ahead but that that part when you read that chat gpt reply and you're like ah that didn't quite get it it didn't fully understand the nuance of a sales conversation or didn't fully understand our differentiators but i'll take that and i'll manipulate it like that's the element that i think is it's basically a proxy for that premium data source what's that proprietary mm-hmm. piece that chat gpt couldn't just solve on its own 
And again, keep in mind, that's that's ChatGPT V1, right? ChatGPT yeah. is going to get better and it's been getting better at an exponential pace. But I, I do think that there are certain applications where there will always be a layer where, and I, you know, I have to be careful saying always at a time like this, but there will always be a layer where you need some sort of human verification, human curation. Um, and ChatGPT is going to get real damn good, but there's going to be there's going to be a, a distinction i think between the companies that survive and the companies that don't and it will be how much can just be replicated by ChatGPT um out of a prompt basically i like that i open as saying we do three rapid fire questions and then we just rift for <laughs> 20 minutes which is I my favorite kind of it. conversation this is what often Same. happens in some of our meetings friends um but to wrap this up actually to tie this back a little bit more to folks that are running Compete now, product marketers, people in Compete. Could you share maybe a couple examples, some quick hit ways that you're using or that you've seen others using AI in their role today to be either more efficient, more powerful, just unlock more in your role? Totally, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think I'll share it and I'm gonna root this kind of in like the market conditions as well because I think that's mm -hmm. a piece that we kind of brought up a couple times that I you know, mentioned as explicitly, like with AI, whether your company is explicitly thinking this or not, like there is a drive right now to do more with less. Everyone's heard those words and is probably a little bit triggered by them. Um, but that is the reality right now in a lot of markets, right? Interest rates went up, which means growth is more expensive, which means, you know, budgets are tighter. And so what does that mean from a practitioner standpoint? If you're running a compete program or thinking about starting your compete program is uh, prioritization is going to be critical. Like you do not have time to do all the things on your wish list. So you have to make sure that your wish list is ordered in mm -hmm. the right order of operations. And so, I mean, we recently released competitive revenue analytics a service we've provided for a long time, but it's now fully in the product where you can plug in your CRM data and see these are your top threats to revenue from a competitor standpoint. And then you can even look at this quarter and see, hey, here are the competitors that are that are in deals that are open right now that could be closing this quarter. So basically, here are deals that you could impact and therefore impact revenue this quarter. It's that kind of that level of prioritization I think is needed now more than ever. I mean, again, product marketers, I hear you like we've we've been strapped forever, but we're even more strapped now, and so being able to not just prioritize, but then also defend your prioritization to, mm. you know, another stakeholder to say, hey, you know, here's why we're prioritizing these competitors, I think is important. But on the flip side, and again, not to contradict what I just said, there is so much more activity in markets. I think it's important to be able to track your entire competitive landscape. So again, in Clue, you can toss in as many competitors as you want and track them. We don't want to limit you for specifically for times like this, where you know, literally just before hopping on, Adam, I added two more companies into our clue space to track them. And so this is this is the reality of times like this is whether it's another pool that's encroaching on your pool, like a, like a, a Gong or a Clary, uh, or if you just want to track OpenAI and like the various applications that are happening in your space, like you need to have your your finger on the pulse in case something does happen. So to kind of mend those two things together, I would say prioritize ruthlessly, but at the same time, make sure you're monitoring your surroundings 
be a little bit extra vigilant at a time like this because you never know when a new competitor is entering or a next door neighbor or a partner of yours maybe uh, starts entering your space and all of a sudden you have a new threat on your hands. Um, so I'd say it's kind of a combination of, of those two things. Brandon, this was awesome. Uh, always appreciate you joining us. I feel like you haven't been on in a minute. We'll have to do this a bit more frequently. Yeah, it's been a little while. I'm down. Uh, folks, down. follow Brandon on LinkedIn. All things compete and other things too. A great follow. Um, a One of my favorites. And we'll catch everyone next week. I'm, I'm buzzing right now, Brandon. I think we got to do another AI part two here, to be honest. I'm game. I'm game. What's some, maybe we can get some uh, questions from the audience. I threw up mm. a poll on, on LinkedIn, didn't get any bites, but I'm sure we'll get some for uh, the next time. Let's do it. If you got any AI questions, shoot them to me or Brando, and we'll make sure that we answer them soon. Uh, and we'll catch everyone next week. Hi everyone, I'm Jody Geiger, Revenue Enablement Coach at Clue and host of the Winning is Women podcast on the Compete Network. On my show, we're giving a voice to female sales leaders, coaches, and enablement experts. We're spotlighting their perspectives and wisdom, their experience and their heart, their vulnerability and their power so that our wider revenue community can feel their impact like their organizations already do. So join me July 7th for the season two premiere of Winning is Women on the Compete Network. Thank you.